0: Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan.
1: Hello, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and I am ex- extremely excited today about our guest on today's episode, The Truth About Body-Life Balance. But before I bring on this amazing woman, let's take a moment to connect. And the best way that we can do that is through stopping whatever we're doing in this moment. Just stop, take a pause, and take a deep breath. So wherever you are, you can stand, you can sit, you can have your eyes open, or you can have them closed. So just take this moment to connect to the inhale and the exhale as it moves in and out through your nose. And let's come into a balanced breath. And what that means is when you breathe in, find a count that feels nurturing and supportive for you, and then match that count for the exhale. So for example, breathe in for five and breathe out for five. And allow the breath to come into this smooth, steady rhythm that will support you in feeling more steady, more grounded, and sensing how the body can relax and the mind can quiet as you find steadiness in the breath. And we'll just take one more round, breathing in for five, and out for five. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes, you can make your way back and just notice how you feel. I feel better. So let's go ahead and invite in our guest, Susan McCulley. I am excited to have her here today. I met Susan back in 2018 when I was uh, preparing for my TEDx talk and I actually hired Susan to help me and coach me in creating something that I can say that I'm very proud of to this day. She was absolutely amazing in her support. And Susan is also a mindful movement teacher, a coach, an artist, and a writer since 2000. And she is the creator of the Age of Becoming Embodied Practices, Empowering Women Over 50 community, which offers free movement practices and workshops connection and community and more. And I'm actually a member of this group and it's awesome. She's always posting such great content and always providing so many free offerings that are just rich and, um, and a wealth of knowledge. And she's also a Nia Black Belt instructor. She particularly loves teaching embodied awareness to people of all abilities and experiences and all groups of all sizes she is passionate about supporting people as they connect with inherent wisdom with the body and take their practice into life. She has illustrated two books, Buddha Cat, Learning Awareness, Presence, and Self-Care from a Teacher Who Sometimes Barfs on the Bed, I love that title, and Busy, Letting Go in a Sea of Doing. She has a new online course, Building Balance in Your Body and Life, which I hope we get a chance to talk about today. And you can find all of this on her website, her teaching schedule, her classes, her books, her art at susanmccully.com. So welcome, Susan.
2: So glad you're here today. Hey, Lindsay. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes. You were one of the first people I actually wanted to have on this show. I mean, you were actually the first person I talked to. And just because of timing and all, you ended up being the fourth guest, but I'm so happy you're here.
2: Thank you. Yes, I know. I'm so excited about this show in general and delighted to be here.
1: Well, let's go ahead and dive in because I know how we are and we could use probably three hours to talk and we only have one. So uh, let's dive into, you know, the topic of the show is the truth about um, work, life, body balance. And um, so let's just start by talking about what balance is and what balance is not, or maybe what it isn't first, and then we'll talk about what it is.
2: Yeah, let's start with what it isn't. Uh, Because I think that that one of the big misconceptions about balance is that it is a destination. Whether you were talking about um, taking a yoga pose in balance or being able... um, to balance on a balance beam or something like that, or work life balance, uh, creating balance in our world, in our life. I think that there's such, um, a misunderstanding that it it is a noun. And, um, and I think that our culture sets, sets balance up as this ideal, this perfect, um, Life and body that is symmetrical and perfectly aligned and effortless and and um, you know social media plays right into this right um, yeah you go take a look on Instagram and you see all these pictures of people in perfect bodies doing perfect things and it feels completely unattainable yeah. and I think that one of the things that I really encourage. Is for people to think about balance as something we do, not some place we get. It's not something we achieve or a place that we land, but rather a process. It is an ongoing, forever changing, uh, dynamic thing that we do. Right? Yeah. I,
1: I love that because we are a society that puts a lot of value on achieving. Mm -hmm. and getting an end result to prove that everything that we've done has been worthwhile and therefore we are worthy. And I like this idea that it's a process. And and with that, there seems to be like more space and freedom to relax around that. And just more of that idea of, you know, being in the process and just really enjoying it.
2: Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, that culturally, we tend to go very black and white. We go binary, right? We're either balanced or we're not balanced. And I would actually argue that balance is, is, is fluid. It's like water. And, and very much, I love how you say that, that it, it, true balance requires relaxation, requires a sense of calm and ease that, um, is not uncomfortable with, um, discomfort to be honest. Right. And, and awkwardness or, um, messiness. Yes. Um, and, um, I just want to
1: like, I always hate interrupting, but I just yeah. want to like really bring that point in that balance is messy. But the first thing that you said about how, um, it is, it's not rigid, it's fluid and it requires rest. Mm -hmm. Balance requires rest. Ladies, are you listening to this? Balance requires rest. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's so important because in this need to achieve and get somewhere, we're not resting because we feel like we need to do more I love that. Thank you for bringing that up.
2: Yeah. And I think um, one of the ways that I teach pretty much everything is starting with the body, the physical experience in the body, and then take that sensation-centered experience and expand it into anything else that we want to do. And so um, so I'm going I'm to invite our listeners, um, if you can to right now, stand up and play with balancing on one foot. Now, this might mean holding onto a chair or just lifting a heel up. If you're driving, just do this later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for mentioning that.
2: But if you're seated and you can't stand up, like if you have a microphone on and you can't stand up like I am, you can just do this in your chair by lifting one foot or two feet. And just notice what your body does. Your body, when it is balancing, is engaging and releasing. It's it's squeezing and letting go. And it's it's this constant um, shifting back and forth in and out um, of that is what the the sensation of balance is, and even if we look at uh, a prima ballerina who can who it seems like she may can on point to be able to to stay like rock solid, it's not true. It's an illusion. She is also engaging and releasing, yes. engaging and releasing, um, an and and so. The practice of balance is getting comfortable with that dynamic, and in order to um, it's sort of the paradox of balance is that in order to get more more balanced, you take yourself out of balance, right? Okay. So this sounds this this can sound really counterintuitive. But um, when I am teaching about physical balance, what I am always inviting people to do is find where their balance is right now and just play with stretching it a little bit, right? So if you're standing on one foot and that feels like easy peasy, double cheesy, (laughs) then um, play with closing one eye play with looking around, play with swinging your legs, swinging your arms, you know, and, and what this does is it emphasizes the messiness of balance, that, that, that in order to really be um, practicing balance, it's going to be wobbly, bobbly, messy.
1: Yeah. And it's like you said, it's not, it's an illusion that we can maintain perfect balance. So if you look down at your foot, when you're balancing on one foot, you can see the ankle kind of rocking back and forth and the muscles firing and the toes gripping. And so it's not, it's it's always in flux and it's always moving. And I love that idea that, you know, again, back to the messiness. And then if you feel like in, you've gotten like, oh, I am in balance, close your eyes, see how balanced you are. And allow yourself to be challenged because so often we are almost afraid to, to fail.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely want to we, talk about that. Yeah.
1: We go ahead and talk about that. And do we need to finish up? Well, up?
2: I wanted to say one thing that yeah. I really appreciated that a teacher of mine said many, many years ago was, um, if it looks to you, like I never lose center, which is never losing balance. Um, that's an illusion. I just come back to center more quickly than you do.
1: Oh, that is so, so great. I mean, so on point. Right?
2: And, then, and so we can do this in in all realms of our lives, of look at somebody else. And you know, it's that classic, don't compare your insides to someone else's outsides, right? <laughs> yeah, again, look like on the outside, like they're they're all balanced. But, um, but in fact, they are doing the same process you are. They might just be doing it in little smaller bites or coming back to center more quickly.
1: I love that idea of coming back to center more quickly because with that, the way that we do that is through learned experiences, through practice. That's right. yep. And so we have to keep practicing our balance, whether that's, you know, Physical or mental or emotional, so that we can keep coming back to our center um, and not be stuck or not, I don't even want to say stuck, but out there in flux and waving and falling all over the place and our emotions on a pendulum swing, but we can come back to center more quickly.
2: Yeah. And part of the reason that I always begin with the body, the sensation in the body, is that this allows us to discern and to know what it feels like to be in center and to know what it feels like to be out of center. And so if somebody says to you, Lindsay, I want you to take on this project and you have a feeling about it, you can say, oh yeah, that feels centered and aligned with me or Whoa, <laughs> I don't know about that. And, and it gives us an opportunity to check in and um, and see, is this an opportunity for me to stretch my abilities or is this something that I'm not ready for or this the time isn't right or, right? It's like, it's, it's a, the ability to sense what it feels like in and out of balance is, a skill that we can apply to everything that we, every decision we make, whether it's, what do I want to have for lunch or do I want to make this career move or date this person? <laughs> right. Yeah. All of those things. And it all comes back to, um, this sensation of centering ourselves and being comfortable with both in and out of center.
1: Yeah. And starting from the body, it allows you to, I mean, it's so e- it's much easier. I mean, there are challenges with starting with the body, but it is much easier to start with it because we're so connected to it. It's something we can actually feel and we're really, it's um, not as subtle. Um, and so starting with the body, it feels like to me, what you're saying is that we can use that as leverage to know when we're out of balance in other areas of our yeah. life. And know, and and when we can feel into our bodies, you know, when we're physically out of balance, then we can become attuned when we're out, what it feels like in our body, when we're out of emotional balance, because it's going to send a signal to the body. And then we can also feel when we're out of balance and our thoughts, because that's going to send a signal to the body. And because we've become so attuned to those sensations and when we're physically out of balance, we can relate it to the other aspects as well. Is that what I'm hearing?
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And um and, and I think that this sort of segues into awareness and that you that you were talking about and um and I have a very I have a I have a very um specific thing that I'm talking about. And I think that in a lot of ways we are trained not to be aware, to uh to cut to do to, to to be focused on our thoughts and our mental capacity rather than what information we're getting from our whole system. So, um, so yeah, um, awareness is key to, um, to the practice of balance and the embodiment that we can take into all parts of our lives.
1: So, you know, that idea that you know we really do put our logical and analytical mind up on a pedestal and think uh, and but it's really we actually become stronger and uh, people when we actually start with the body and then move into the heart and then let just the mind be in service of the information that we're receiving yeah. from the body and from the heart.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so before we go to our next break. Can you give us just an, a, a short definition of what a ma- awareness actually is? And we throw this term around a lot, but it, I think it would be worthwhile actually defining it for people.
2: Yeah, I think it's that it's an important thing, and I actually I I um, kind of uh, prefer the 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 term embodied awareness. Um, over mindfulness or just awareness in that I want to encourage us to think of this as a systemic, holistic um, skill. And it includes our five senses um, of smell and touch and taste and hearing and sight. And did I miss one? think that's five yeah but you know but but really tuning into those in a in a in a in a a present way but also the sixth and seventh senses of proprioception proprioception is our body's sense of itself in space absolutely integral to balance and interoception which is our our sensation of what is happening inside Mm. the body Um, And so all seven senses um, awake and uh, and present, we're present to them. That to me is what embodied awareness is.
1: I love that you bring up that there are actually seven senses and not just five. And because when we forget about the other two, we're we're missing out on a vast array of sensations and information that we can tap into. It's fascinating. Yeah. And so um, we are at time to go to our first break, but we will definitely pick this back up when we come back. So during this break, don't go anywhere, maybe balance on one foot, eyes open or close and just feel how messy balance can be. And also just challenge yourself and notice that um, when that need of perfectionism, perfectionism needs to come up and have a little play with it. And, uh, and we'll be back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice
0: America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the backburners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today.
1: Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name, followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically and me, your host, Lindsay McCowan. And today I'm joined with Susan McCully, And we've been having an amazing discussion on what balance is and what balance isn't. And we left off with um, talking about the seven senses, not the five, but the seven. And so, I want to ask Susan to explain a little bit more about these other two senses that you might not be so familiar with.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, man, I just I love talking about this. In that, um, it is something that our culture tends to um, discount, and um, and and yet it is so accessible and um and so yeah paying attention investing in our um in our experience uh the five senses that we're familiar with are all great grounding tools um great ways of orienting ourselves whether it is taking a sip of water or um looking around your space um whether it is uh, touch and, um, and feeling, your, feeling yourself in the world. The five, the, the five senses that we're all familiar with are fantastic tools. The two other senses, proprioception and interoception, interoception, are ones that we don't hear about so much, but we've all had experiences with them. Proprioception is the body's way of of measuring where it is in space and and it is fascinating. So um, some examples of times where you may have noticed your proprioception and didn't know that that's what it was is if you've ever walked up a set of stairs in the night and you thought there was an extra stair that wasn't there and you've ever done this and you like take a big step and like, whoa, whoa. Um, that's your body feeling where it's been, where it is, and where it's going. It's 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 uh forecasting where it's gonna go. Similarly, have you ever done this, you, you like come up to a box and you think it's full of books, but it's actually full of pillows, and you go to pick it up and you go whoop, and it and it like flies off the floor because your body has forecasted how much force to use to lift what you think is a heavy weight. It's so cool. Isn't it cool? I mean, yeah. And so this is happening all the time. And so wherever you are, listeners, you can do this wherever you are, is you can just take a moment and feel how far away the walls are in the space that you're in. Right, including the ceiling, the floor, and the walls behind you. Right. If you're ever, if you've ever been at a dance party or a place where it's sort of uh there's lots of people moving around. Um, I love doing this uh, in grocery stores, is to really turn on my proprioception and and notice that my body can sense where there's that big stack of cereal and where there's um, an old guy who is looking down near the floor and and my body is sensing how much space I have to navigate that that aisle, right?
1: I can always sense when someone is too close. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Without and even seeing cool.
1: them, you know, all of a sudden I can feel someone's in my
2: Absolutely. field. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's- um and so, so really playing with a balanced practice invites us to strengthen this proprioceptive ability. And um and it's there are I, I highly recommend looking up there are some very um powerful videos of people who have because of a brain injury lost their proprioception. It's very rare, but what it does is it tells us how much we rely on it, that someone who has lost their proprioception has no ability to move in any kind of smooth way and is often completely unable to move.
1: So that's why I was getting ready to ask you. So why do we, why would we want to strengthen our proprioception?
2: Yeah. Well, it, 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 it is, at essential for balance and balance is part of what we're doing all the time every time we take a step and stand um or or uh, even just create some kind of postural alignment we're using proprioception to gauge where to um place our limbs right um and how much and how much strength to use uh, like the in the empty box example right if i am standing um on a curb i'm going to need more core strength to keep me upright than if i'm on a big open floor um and it increases our our grace and our um fluidity our ability to um as you were talking about, like as I, as I sense somebody behind me or I'm aware of the space around me, it allows me to move more easily through everything I do. And that is, um, all enhanced when we practice balance.
1: Yeah. Super important as we age, because we do take a lot of this for granted, you know, when we're younger, um, But it becomes even more important as we age to really make sure that we have this strong proprioceptive skill.
2: And it is something I, um, you mentioned that I I am very engaged with women who are um, over 50 and really looking at the, the physical, societal issues around aging as a woman and, in all of my years of teaching, one of the things that I notice as as women get um, older is that they tend to be more anxious about balance, and so instead of practicing balance, they tend to narrow what they're doing right and say, oh, "Okay, my balance isn't good so um so that means that I'm going to use a walker I'm going to not sit on the floor. Um, I am going to narrow what I'm doing instead of expand. Yeah. Um, and what I invite is to be exactly where your body is and to, like we were talking about, just take small, safe risks to stretch your capacity to balance. Yes,
1: always stretching your capacity. Otherwise, you. Start to sh- sh- like if you don't take those small, you know, yet safe risks, then you're actually going to shrink your ability to stay balanced or be able to use even your senses, um, in the way that we're meant to use them. And then also, it just takes the flavor and the richness out of life as well. If we're always kind of in this fear state, or right. we're afraid of, you know, failing in some way, even if we have you know, are not at an age where we're afraid of balance, it can come in then as well.
2: Yeah. 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 And, um, I feel, I, I think that, um, part of, part of the hesitancy of people to practice balance is this, um, either or black and white perfectionist thing mm-hmm. like okay I don't I just don't do that well and so I don't want to do something that I can't do perfectly.
1: I have people say this all the time about yoga because I teach yoga and that oh I can't come to yoga because I'm not flexible enough or I don't have good balance. And I'm like, well that's why you come. it's <laughs> like
2: this is, I, I always I love it when people say that to me. It's like oh like I, I'm not I'm not a good mover. I can't I can't move. I'm like that's like a hungry person saying I can't eat lunch because I'm hungry.
1: I know. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, we, and it's a practice. You come in and you practice and then you improve um, on that and let it continue to be that process and that it's not an end result. Exactly. Um, and so I'd love to talk a little bit about, you know, how this fear of failure and perfectionism are so intertwined in our society and how we can use this idea of balance being a process to kind of unravel some of that belief system and the habits around that we have around that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our culture sets up failure as equivalent to death Mm -hmm. really. And, um, and that we, we can tend to avoid it at all costs. And in fact, failure is how we learn. I mean, it is how we learn. It's how we grow and it's essential. And if you're not failing, if you're not wobbling and bobbling and a little bit messy in some way um, it's similar to what we were talking about with proprioception, you're atrophying, you're, you're, you're shrinking in. Um, And, and so what I really love to play with is flirting with failure is, is, is seeing failure as a friend, as, um, as an ally in our own process, our growth process, whether it is a physical practice like yoga or movement or um, a, a, any skill that we want to develop. And, um, and so taking small, safe risks is, um, is not just okay, i mean it is needed and um and so yeah i think that um i think that we use perfectionism we use um this uh avoidance of failure as a protective mechanism we use it mm-hmm. to defend against judgment or um or criticism, or exclusion in some way, and man, I totally get that. I mean, I just it's not
1: perfect. I won't even take the risk, and exactly.
2: And I don't want. I don't want to look silly. Yeah, you know, I used to. I used to teach classes in the before time, in um, a big health center in my city, and um, and we did a survey, and the most. Common reason that people did not take classes. Number one was I'm afraid of looking silly.
1: Okay, I want to raise my hand right now for people that can't see me. I'm telling you, I'm raising my hand right now because that was me. I remember you know, you're a NEA instructor, and I remember I don't know 20 years ago, almost watching, like looking in on a NEA class. I'm like, there is no way in heck I am going to go in there and do what they're doing because I don't even know what they're doing, but it looks really weird. <laughs> And I don't want to look silly yeah. because I was so rigid around my in, in, in needing to be so perfect and um, and my movements and the way I looked. And, um, you know, now I just, you know, recently went to a women's retreat where we were doing some conscious movement and conscious dance, which I had never done before. And, you know, I'm all over the place now. Like I'm 50. And I'm like, I don't give a crap anymore. I, like, yeah, I just yeah. want to feel my body and experience how it's moving in a new way. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on this beautiful body and how it can move because one day it's not going to be able to move in all these crazy movements and on the floor and off the floor and up in the air and, and just enjoy it. Enjoy it.
2: Yeah. And I, oh, there's so much that you said there. Oh my goodness. Just take a take a little second because I, <laughs> I want to say, first of all, I too am raising my hand for those of you who can't see me. <laughs> Uh, the first Mia class I took was in 1998, I think. Um, and a friend of mine had been inviting me for two years to go with her to class, and it was—I like, was literally kicking and screaming. I think I was like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> Exactly. It looks too weird, and um, yeah, I was afraid about it. And I think that one of the key factors for me was that first class I took. There were no mirrors in the room, oh, and that was oh so important. That was a gift because I got to have the experience exactly what you're talking about. I got to move in all of these different ways and experience all these different sensations that was like it was like stumbling into this uh, buffet of extraordinary food that I'd never had before and being able to savor it even if even if I like drip down my chin or you know like I didn't quite know how to eat that fruit exactly right um so so i i I get the the desire to look good, and the truth is that these bodies that we are residing in, no matter how old you are, no matter how able you are, they are incredible and as long as you are breathing, there's more right with you than is wrong with you. And there is, and your body is doing amazing things. And so this is the opportunity. Flirting with failure is an opportunity to kind of like, yeah, taste all of it, sample all of it. And I would also say that, um, Avoiding those situations, those new situations, those situations that may feel awkward or slightly uncomfortable guarantees that your body's not going to be able to keep moving that way as you get older. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so keep playing with different movements and celebrating the body and, you know, this conversation we've talked about, you know, the flirting with failure and, you know, and using all the seven senses and and doing that it actually brings awareness to how incredible the body is and i think for women this is so important because we can start to see our bodies in all instead of self criticism and judgment we can be in appreciation for the body instead of um or feeling like our bodies are not what they we want them to be or should be and i Absolutely love this idea of just being like, okay, this is my body. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Look at all the amazing things it can continue to do if I just take those little um, I don't want to even say calculated, I just want to say risk, you know, those risks that aren't gonna, you know, get you injured, but stretch you so that you can expand and experience the beauty of this life and not regret it later on when you're stiff and in your little using your walker because at 20 years before you needed to. So I can't, time always goes so quickly with you, Susan, but we're already up to our second break. Um, so this will be the last break of the show, but again, don't go anywhere because we're going to delve even more into this conversation around balance and um, flirting with failure and how this balance can uh, actually start to like flirting with the failure and, and our physical balance can actually help us become more resilient in our minds, and our um, hearts, as well as the rest of our lives. So how does the physical balance actually help us find balance in the other areas of our lives when we come back?
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the Divine Feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career and purpose you stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow you become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy love space to play abundance and magic that illuminates your life does that sound like the future you go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America
1: on LinkedIn.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay.
1: Welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. And we are here today with Susan McCulley, and we've been having an incredible conversation on the topic of balance and what it is, what it isn't, how um, perfectionism and failure keep us from expanding into our full capacity. And on this next segment, we're really excited to talk about how we can use our awareness of physical balance to help us develop more balance in our minds and our hearts. Okay, Susan. And we talked a little bit about this during the break, but I'm just going to hand it over to you. How can we use this, um, our seven senses, our bodies to bring more awareness and balance into our life? Yeah.
2: Well, I want to start with one of the most human and most basic movements that we do, which is walking. And, um, and you, when we, were, when we were playing around early in, in the show about um, if you're standing on one foot, look down at your foot and see how the muscles are ga- engaging and letting go and releasing and your ankle is, um, is constantly adjusting. Our feet and ankles are designed to walk and move and stand on soft, uneven surfaces, right? They're designed to walk on grass and rocks and roots and sand and mud and, and think about just for a second, what kinds of surfaces you've walked on today? Yeah. The kinds of surfaces that most of us walk on almost exclusively are hard and flat. Mm-hmm. And what this does is that it trains our genius bodies that are designed to be responsive, alive, awake, and balancing, adjusting all the time. It kind of puts them to sleep with these flat, hard surfaces that are sort of constantly predictable, right? Yeah. And um, and so one of the things that I always recommend for people who are interested in really uh, attuning to their own body's balance is to play with walking on different kinds of surfaces. Walk on hiking trails and walk in the grass, walk barefoot. You know, this is the other thing is the shoes that most of us wear are almost like a cast. They're like a block and they are preventing your body from sensing the information of the surface that it's walking on okay so so walking barefoot or i i love what they sometimes call minimal shoes which are shoes that are soft that allow your feet to receive this information and if this is this is huge not just for the development of the physical um muscles and connective tissue in the body to allow it's also that that attunement to the surface that we're walking on um is, your your whole body your whole body is getting information from the soles of your feet there are thirty thousand nerve endings in each foot and all of those nerve endings are telling your body that there there's something uneven here. There's a, there's a there's something that's there's a little rock there, there's right. And and so so this is part of the practice to me, is to notice the kinds of surfaces that we're walking on and consciously make a choice to walk on uneven surfaces. Now, this may sound like it has nothing to do with what Physical balance has connection to our minds and our lives, our hearts, right? But this is the exact practice that allows us to be resilient, to be responsive, right? So as our bodies get comfortable with soft, uneven surfaces, um, our bodies know what it feels like to be in alignment And our bodies know what it feels like to be out of alignment. Yes. And so when um, my partner says, you want to go out to dinner tonight? And I feel in my body, no, I want to put on my soft things and I want to eat the leftovers (laughs) <laughs> in the my refrigerator and watch television or whatever it is, right? If it feels out of alignment, I won't override that sensation when I in relationship in this example, right? I have the capacity to adjust and say, oh no, oh no, that doesn't that doesn't feel like the right thing, right?
1: Thank you so so much for bringing this back to like a really practical example. I mean, how we have these 30,000 nerve endings and each foot are giving us all this information. And if we really allow ourselves to become adept at understanding the information that's coming in, it will help us in very practical ways in our life, making day-to-day decisions so that we're not overextending ourselves, which women, how many women out there are overextending themselves and self-sacrificing because they're not... And this might be because you're not really fully connected to the information that's coming in and being aware of whether that's really, truly what is best for you in that moment, yeah. which inevitably becomes what's best for your partner or for your family yes. as well. That's
2: right. That's right. Everyone, everyone is served when we are in alignment with ourselves and in and moving from our, a centered place and um, and I, yeah, absolutely, the people in our lives, but I would even extrapolate further that the more people are walking th- who are walking through the world in a balanced centered way, the better off the whole collective is not just absolutely. the people, the creatures and the planet itself, and I think that that if we look at our bigger our bigger Problems, um, whether it's personal, right? The things that are not working in our lives, um, or in a community, in a family, in a company, um, or in the planet as a whole, we can almost always come back to there has been an alignment that we've overridden. And so, my whole point <laughs> with starting with these flat surfaces is that by kind of artificially making the surfaces that we walk on hard and flat, right? The earth was not designed that way, but we come in and we make it that way. We are overriding the intrinsic wisdom of our bodies and ourselves
1: it's as if we're like you know we're overriding our intrinsic wisdom and we're creating these surfaces that make it feel safer for us again so that we don't have to fail that it, it becomes easier for us to match a certain mold almost and so if we allow ourselves just to be connected and walking on the earth has so many benefits besides just enhancing our proprioception and our getting all that information through our feet but you know By doing that, we can just really connect to ourselves, connect to the earth, which is incredibly important. And therefore, we can filter all this information so that we can start to connect better with other people and also that will extrapolate out into the world. So we're not becoming these reactionary beings or we're actually being able to really think about what we're saying or doing because we're actually really understanding where we are in our bodies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's really well said. And, um, and I think that this comes back to this seventh sense of interoception, which is- I'm so
1: glad you came back to that. <laughs> which
2: is, is our ability to sense ourselves from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Right. And and again, we all have experience with this. We know what this feels like. This is our sense of basic things like um, thirsty or um, I'm hungry. I have to go to the bathroom or something like that. But also on the emotional plane, things like, am I excited or or afraid? right on the surface of it those those internal feelings can feel similar but Very we know similar. the difference mm-hmm. we do and this is part of this of balanced practice is this discernment of what information am i receiving and can i respond to it rather than react to it as you were saying rather than being reactionary can i know like oh oh, you know, actually, I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit excited and a little bit anxious, right? And so that allows me to make choices based on that. So yeah, um, that is uh, a huge part of what allows us to move more gracefully through the world in all realms, body, mind, emotions, spirit connection with others, relationally.
1: Socially. Can you imagine if the majority of the population were doing that, walking gracefully and connected with more compassion and grace and ease yes. in the world? I mean, it's just, I know it sounds a little utopic, but it's not um, It's not out of our reach if we start to just incorporate very simple practices back in. Yeah. And you actually have a course that is amazing because it will actually help you um, come back into balance. And do you want to just tell us the the, yeah, the name yeah. of the course and where we can find it?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm so excited and proud of this course. This is um, called it's a course on Insight Timer, which is uh, a free meditation app. Which in general, I highly recommend. There are thousands of wonderful uh, meditations, including some from Lindsay. <laughs> And, um, but this course is called building balance in your body and your life. And it's in four different sections. Each one is a short lesson and, um, it includes, um, very practical, um, applications. And it also includes meditation and rest. Yes. So because that's essential too. And uh so you can uh I think uh you're gonna you have links to that, um, uh, but yes. you can find okay. that on Insight Timer. And
1: uh, And you that. can also find all of this on your website, I'm assuming, yes. as well, which is yes. www.susanmccully.com and that's S-U-S-A-N-M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y dot com. So Susan, uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoy having conversation with you, and we had a, such a long list of questions we wanted to cover to get a, and we didn't get over, we didn't cover all of them. Um, but I am hoping that you'll come back on the show and we can dive deeper into this and maybe some other topics because you are just such a wealth of information and inspiration. I love you so much, and mm-hmm. I hope the listeners today have fallen in love with you as well. And please check out her course on Insight Timer um, and start to create some balance, not just in your body. But feeling how that body balance can help be the first step to creating balance in your heart and your mind. And um, with that, I just want to thank all the listeners today and your dedication to showing up here and listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically and creating more balance in your life. And um, just know that we're here every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 a.m. Pacific. And Next week we're gonna have did I say that wrong? Yeah, you said nine. Oh, it's seven, seven. Oh my gosh, thank you, Susan. Seven p.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern. And with that, my friends, I will um thank you so much for being here and join us next week, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment channel. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or Apple podcast. I am Lindsay McCowan and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Much love.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of women thriving unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive until then have a beautiful week.